Hello and welcome to the Spark My Muse podcast. I am your host, Lisa DeLay, and today is Soul School Lesson 155, Where the World Ends. Today I'm featuring three poems by the United States Poet Laureate Joy Harjo. She was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1951. She is a member of, of the Muscogee Creek Nation. She's a celebrated poet with many awards and fellowships and grants awarded to her. And she's the author of several books of poetry, including An American Sunrise and Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings, both published by W.W. Norton. She's the current chancellor of the Academy of American Poets, and she still lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She is also a very good saxophone player and has played in different musical groups over the years. The three poems I'm going to feature relate to some of my feelings and turmoil in the recent weeks with the COVID-19 pandemic and the stay-at-home extended period of time that a lot of us are going through. Joy's poems, I think, reflect the reality of suffering, but also contain encouragement and joy and humor within them as well. There's a realism there that I really appreciate in her poetry that infuses gladness in them. I hope that you will go to poets.org, read her poems. They will be linked from the show notes for this episode which will be available free at patreon.com forward slash spark my muse. Usually the show notes are a dollar per month to supporters. If you'd like to sponsor at a dollar a month, I would really appreciate it. Right now it's hard for people like me who create things and who do freelance work to pay the bills because a lot of our things have been curtailed during this time of pandemic. But I want to share with you the show notes and access to her poems so that you might enjoy them. And I hope that you'll buy her work as well as support people like me who are creating broadcasts and spreading the word about other creators. This one is called Eagle Poem. To pray you open your whole self to sky, to earth, to sun, to moon to one whole voice that is you, and know there is more that you can't see, can't hear, can't know except in moments, steadily growing and in languages. There aren't always sound, but other circles of motion. Like eagle that Sunday morning over salt river, circled in blue sky, in wind swept our hearts clean. With sacred wings, we see you, see ourselves and know that we must take the utmost care and kindness in all things. Breathe in, knowing we are made of all this and breathe, knowing we are truly blessed because we were born and die soon within a true circle of motion. Like eagle rounding out the morning inside us, we pray that it will be done in beauty, in beauty. There's a lyricism and a melodic 
type of texture to this poem that is that's really gorgeous. I'm not sure that I'm reading it in the phrasing it was intended to be read. But for me, this poem is quite beautiful. I Just a few days ago, I went outside and I saw a hawk that that belongs to this area of the neighborhood. And I sense that I live on the hawk's land. And the hawk is the king here. And it slid off a branch of a very tall pine tree and it glided around. It didn't need to flap its wings one time. It just settled on the currents of air and made wide circles. At first I thought maybe it was looking for prey. It was hungry for a meal. And then I sensed that it just continued to glide and circle and tilt its body just so to catch the currents of wind. And I sensed that it was doing it just because it could. And in that moment, I envied this hawk that was the king of the neighborhood. I couldn't do any of those things the hawk was doing. I couldn't let my body glide on the wind currents and view the neighborhood from the sky. And I thought I was lucky to be in the presence of that hawk and see its beautiful wingspan, which is probably about three feet or so, three or four feet, and watch it just gracefully descend and ascend on the tiniest of air currents. I'm going to read Eagle Poem one more time so that you can settle into it. There's a lot of beautiful imagery here about the created earth and I hope that it settles in deep and it is a kind of prayer, this poem, as I read it, how I'm absorbing it is a kind of prayer. Eagle poem, to pray, you open your whole self to sky, to earth, to sun, to moon, to one whole voice that is you and know there is more that you can't see, can't hear, can't know except in moments steadily growing and in languages that aren't always sound, but other circles of motion. Like Eagle that Sunday morning over Salt River, circled in blue sky, in wind, swept our hearts clean with sacred wings. We see you, see ourselves and know that we must take the utmost care and kindness in all things, breathe in, knowing we are made of all this, and breathe, knowing we are truly blessed because we were born and die soon within a true circle of motion, like eagle rounding out the morning inside us. We pray that it will be done in beauty, in beauty. That is from Joy Haro, her poetry book, In Mad Love and War, published in 1990 from Wesleyan University Press. It can be found at poets.org. Now, I really like this next one I'm picking to read. It's called Perhaps the World Ends Here. And I like it because it centers around something very common to all of us, or most of us, I would say, especially in our family. We try every evening to gather and have a common meal for supper time. This centers the poem on the table as this commonplace. 
as a place where the world begins and the world ends for many families. And as I read this, I felt this gravity of it as a real reality, even more so, even more underscored during this time of homebound pandemic quarantine, because we are more centered in our homes and not going from place to place as much. We're trying to keep safe and keep others safe by staying close to home. And that means more time around the table, at least for our family. Perhaps the world ends here. The world begins at a kitchen table. No matter what, we must eat to live. The gifts of earth are brought and prepared, set on the table. So it has been since creation, and it will go on. We chase chickens or dogs away from it. Babies teeth at the corners. They scrape their knees under it. It is here that children are given instructions on what it means to be human. We make men at it. We make women. At this table, we gossip, recall enemies and the ghosts of lovers. Our dreams drink coffee with us as they put their arms around our children. They laugh with us at our poor falling down selves. And as we put ourselves back together again at the table, this table has been a house in the rain, an umbrella in the sun. Wars have begun and ended at this table. It is a place to hide in the shadow of terror, a place to celebrate the terrible victory. We have given birth on this table. We have prepared our parents for burial here. At this table, we sing with joy, with sorrow. We pray of suffering and remorse. We give thanks. Perhaps the world will end at the kitchen table while we are laughing and crying, eating of the last sweet bite. This poem is from The Woman Who Fell from the Sky, copyright 1994. The centrality of this piece of furniture in a great many homes is this universal principle that many of us can relate to, this kind of the communal fire of old, of ancient people, where we eat and talk and live our lives, live our ordinary lives, but where immense joy and sorrow can happen. And of course, all the mundane, ordinary things of life. And she talks about how the world begins there and the world ends there. And I'm struck at this time of global fears and insecurities as we wait out the COVID-19 virus. I'm spending more time at the table. We're eating more at the table because we don't go out to eat. And our lives unfold there around this table. I recently took out a leaf in the table that was oblong and now it is a full circle or closer together and not as much fits on the table. So we scoop out our food at the stove and then we bring it over to the table and we're closer together. But I mainly did that to change things up because nothing was changing day to day. And it's hard for me to tell which day is it anyway. <laughs> um, not much punctuates the day for me to be able to tell it apart too differently from the next. 
So sometimes I'm doing things like moving furniture around or taking a leaf out of the table. I'm going to read this poem one more time so we can sink into it. And perhaps the ordinary in our life is the sacred. Perhaps we should treat these ordinary spaces and places as the sacred places, the thin places where we meet each other and we meet God. Perhaps the world ends here. The world begins at a kitchen table. No matter what, we must eat to live. The gifts of the earth are brought and prepared, set on the table. So it has been since creation, and it will go on. We chase chickens or dogs away from it. Babies teeth at the corners. They scrape their knees under it. It is here that children are given instructions on what it means to be human. We make men at it. We make women. At this table, we gossip, recall enemies and the ghosts of lovers. Our dreams drink coffee with us as they put their arms around our children. They laugh with us at our poor falling down selves. And as we put ourselves back together once again at the table, this table has been a house in the rain, an umbrella in the sun. Wars have begun and ended at this table. It is a place to hide in the shadow of terror, a place to celebrate the terrible victory. We have given birth on this table and have prepared our parents for burial here. At this table, we sing with joy, with sorrow. We pray of suffering and remorse. We give thanks. Perhaps the world will end at the kitchen table while we are laughing and crying, eating of the last sweet bite. Now, the last poem I'm going to read today is from Joy Haro's book, Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings, published by W.W. W. Norton and Company in 2015. It is called For Calling the Spirit Back from Wandering the Earth in Its Human Feet. Well, that's a mouthful. For Calling the Spirit Back from Wandering the Earth in Its Human Feet. Put down that bag of potato chips, that white bread, that bottle of pop. Turn off that cell phone, computer, and remote control. Open the door, then close it behind you. Take a breath offered by friendly winds. They travel the earth, gathering essences of plants to clean. Give it back with gratitude. If you sing, it will give your spirit lift to fly to the stars, ears, and back. Acknowledge this earth who has cared for you since you were a dream planting itself precisely within your parents' desire. Let your moccasin feet take you to the encampment of the guardians who have known you before time, who will be there after time. They sit before the fire that has been there without time. Let the earth stabilize your post-colonial insecure jitters. Be respectful of the small insects, birds, and animal people who accompany you. Ask their forgiveness for the harm we humans have brought down upon them. Don't worry. The heart knows the way, though there may be high rises, interstates, checkpoints, armed soldiers, massacres, wars, and those who will despise you because they despise themselves. 
The journey might take you a few hours, a day, a year, a few years, a hundred, a thousand, or even more. Watch your mind. Without training it, it might run away and leave your heart for the immense human feast set by the thieves of time. Do not hold regrets. When you find your way to the circle, to the fire kept burning by the keepers of your soul, you will be welcomed. You must clean yourself with cedar, sage, or other healing plant. Cut the ties you have to failure and shame. Let go the pain you are holding in your mind, your shoulders, your heart, and all the way to your feet. Let go the pain of your ancestors to make way for those who are heading in our direction. Ask for forgiveness. Call upon the help of those who love you. These helpers take many forms, animal, element, bird, angel, saint, stone, or ancestor. Call your spirit back. It may be caught in the corners and creases of shame, judgment, and human abuse. You must call in a way that your spirit will want to return. Speak to it as you would to a beloved child. Welcome your spirit back from its wandering. It may return in pieces, in tatters. Gather them together. They will be happy to be found after being lost for so long. Your spirit will need to sleep a while after it is bathed and given clean clothes. Now you can have a party. Invite everyone you know who loves and supports you. Keep room for those who have no place else to go. Make a giveaway. And remember, keep the speeches short. Then you must do this. Help the next person find their way through the dark. This is a delightful, instructive poem to me that reads like proverb. And it's an instruction to us of how to gather ourselves back again. This is a medicine poem to me that tells me how to retrieve and reconcile my own self. And that is the call of the divine. All spirituality has to do with reconciling the most difficult and suffering parts of ourselves so that we can feel whole again. I'm going to read this poem again to allow it to sink more deeply into your consciousness. And I hope that you will go to poets.org and read some of Joy's amazing poetry and get her poetry books. They will sustain you in difficult times. She is a woman of great wisdom. Having her as our poet laureate is exactly what we need in these times. I'm very grateful for her gifts and her creativity and her amazing spirit. For calling the spirit back from wandering the earth in its human feet. Put down that bag of potato chips, that white bread, that bottle of pop. Turn off that cell phone, computer, and remote control. Open the door, then close it behind you. Take a breath offered by friendly winds. 
They travel the earth gathering essences of plants to clean. Give it back with gratitude. If you sing, it will give your spirit lift to fly to the stars, ears, and back. Acknowledge this earth who has cared for you since you were a dream, planting itself precisely within your parents' desire. Let your moccasin feet take you to the encampment of the guardians who have known you before time, who will be there after time. They sit before the fire that has been there without time. Let the earth stabilize your post-colonial insecure jitters. Be respectful of the small insects, birds, and animal people who accompany you. Ask their forgiveness for the harm we humans have brought down upon them. Don't worry. The heart knows the way, though there may be high-rises, interstates, checkpoints, armed soldiers, massacres, wars, and those who will despise you because they despise themselves. The journey might take you a few hours, a day, a year, a few years, a hundred, a thousand, or even more. Watch your mind. Without training it, it might run away and leave your heart for an immense human feast set by the thieves of time. Do not hold regrets. When you find your way to the circle, to the fire kept burning by the keepers of your soul, you will be welcomed. You must cleanse yourself with cedar, sage, or other healing plant. Cut the ties you have to failure and shame. Let go the pain you're holding in your mind, your shoulders, your heart, all the way to your feet. Let go the pain of your ancestors to make way for those who are heading in our direction. Ask for forgiveness. Call upon the help of those who love you. These helpers take many forms, animal, element, bird, angel, saint, stone, or ancestor. Call your spirit back. It may be caught in the corners and creases of shame, judgment, and human abuse. You must call in a way that your spirit will want to return. Speak to it as you would to a beloved child. Welcome your spirit back from its wandering. It may return in pieces, in tatters. Gather them together. They will be happy to be found after being lost for so long. Your spirit will need to sleep a while after it is bathed and given clean clothes. Now you can have a party. Invite everyone you know who loves and supports you. Keep room for those who have no place else to go. Make a giveaway. And remember, keep the speeches short. Then you must do this. Help the next person find their way through the dark. I hope these poems have been a comfort to you. In times like these, when I feel that our souls can be suffering souls and we might lose our way and we have to call our spirit back and tie it together again. For me, these types of things, these poems and ways to settle down and try a new way of breathing slower, these types of things make all the difference. I hope that you will also take the time to go back into some of the archives of the episodes at sparkmymuse.com and give them a listen. There have been so many people in 2020 that have been guests on my show that are wonderful authors and insightful teachers. So go back and give those a check. Many more happy things are coming in the future. There is reason to hope. I have wonderful guests planned. You will really enjoy hearing from them.
One more thing. If you've never given this podcast a review on iTunes, I ask that you will do that now. And you can do that by going to the iTunes store and looking up this podcast and then checking out the reviews and ratings and then writing your own. That would be a really big benefit and it will help people find the show a little easier. See you next week. Thank you for listening. 